Hey everybody, welcome to Fight Talk. This is Steven Jensen. Today's episode is another appearance by Vince Vega Garrett, who is a friend of mine from our time at Georgia Southern University. He's a returning guest to the show, and we talk a lot about Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. It's a huge fight. Obviously, everyone's talking about it. We recorded the conversation a few days ago. I'm talking right now on the 15th of July. So two press conferences in. This is when the conversation happened. And before we get into that conversation with Vince, make sure to check out Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing. He's a USA Boxing and NSAM certified trainer out of Delgado Boxing in Sandy Springs, Georgia. That's in the Atlanta, Georgia area. Give him a call at 404-316-4516 or email him directly at brian at delgadoboxing.net. That is B-R-Y-A-N at delgadoboxing.net. If you want to learn how to throw hands, get in better shape, learn self-defense, or polish up your existing skills, Brian Jensen is the guy for you. Also, make sure to follow him on Instagram at BMJMMA. Get a knockout workout without getting knocked out. Hit up Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing right now. Also, shout out to Heroes and Legends who are celebrating 15 years in business. They are a pro wrestling collectible and memorabilia company that specializes in action figures, vintage magazines and programs, DVDs, autograph memorabilia, and other unique pro wrestling memorabilia. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at HL Pro Wrestling and check them out live on the following dates. Freedom Pro Wrestling in Nashville, Tennessee on August the 19th. That is in the Nashville Fairgrounds. I'll be there live in person as well with the Fight Talk podcast. So say hey to me as well as the folks at Heroes and Legends at that show. And mark your calendar right now for November the 25th. WrestleCade in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Ken Shamrock and Dan Severn, two massive legends in the worlds of mixed martial arts as well as professional wrestling, will be live in the house in Winston-Salem, North Carolina courtesy of our friends at Heroes and Legends. I'll be there live as well for those shows in Winston-Salem, so check them out. Also, shout out to WrestleRumble.com. Their pick'em contests are great. The main prize in the last pick'em contest was $500 cash and a new copy of WWE 2K18. So big prizes, a lot of cash always on the line at WrestleRumble.com. They can be followed on Twitter at WrestleRumble, and they have merchandise as well. Make sure to grab a t-shirt. I've got a few myself, and I like them a lot. And last but definitely not least, shout out to Williamson Brothers Barbecue. They have the best sauce in the world. Um, I'm here with Daniel Sowerson today, a friend of mine who actually actually works for the New Orleans Pelicans organization as a broadcaster. He knows about Williamson Brothers Barbecue. Since we're sitting around, might as well just put him on the spot. What are your thoughts on the Bully Bro sauce? Oh, I love the I love the sauce. It's so good. <laughs> so good. He doesn't know what else to say. It's so good. It really is. They have a spicy chipotle. They have an original, and they have a Carolina, which is a mustard based. That's probably the best review we've ever gotten for the Willie Bros sauce right here on the uh, Fight Talk podcast. All natural ingredients, gluten free. They have three physical locations in the Atlanta, Georgia area. They're a family-owned business. Uh, they buy local when possible, so they're good people. They help out their own local economy. And on williamsonbros.com, you can find spices, rubs, you can find all their different sauces, and they'll mail it anywhere. And I'm so confident in their sauce that just hit me up on Twitter at fighttalk underscore, that's at F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K underscore, and just say, hey, I want to try the sauce, I'll ship you out some for free, just so you can try it. That's how much I like it. And if you want to buy some yourself, they have about 2,000 distribution channels in the Southeast region, uh, Publix, Walmart, Kroger, a bunch of those, but you know, more importantly, Whole Foods, and that just you know speaks to their all-natural ingredients. So once again, WilliamsonBros.com and search them on Google, you'll only see good things. So with that all being said, kick back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with Vince Vega Garrett on the Fight Talk Podcast. This is Steven Jensen once again with Mr. Vincent Garrett, a.k.a. Vega. For those of you who have not heard him on the show before, and shame on you if you haven't because they're always great interviews, what we like to do is it's a little bit different. Uh, Basically, Vince interviews me, and I don't know what the questions are going to be. I believe they're going to be pretty heavy on the Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather stuff going on, which I'm more than happy to talk about. Uh, So definitely... Definitely looking forward to this episode. And before we get started, Vince, let the people know how you've been since the last time we heard from you. Oh, man, Stephen, I have been great. I um, have a kid due in about three or four weeks here. We're counting down at this point. Uh, congratulations, um, man. That's huge. Thank you. Thank you. We are just, we're just basically, we're 
yes well you know you know well wishes prayers for that you know we'll be thinking about you and hope everything goes well and that's very exciting man that's awesome absolutely no doubt now what we usually do here is I get to ask you as a layman as a guy who doesn't keep up with MMA as a guy who doesn't keep up with boxing and WWE and all those things I get to ask an expert this is the ask an expert segment of the Fight Talk podcast so if you are ready I would just fly right off to you and most of them you are correct will be revolving around Mayweather McGregor because that is what hot right now Dude, yeah, I'm more than happy to. And just for people listening to this, we're recording this on July the 12th, 2017, right, literally right after, minutes after the New York press conference, or sorry, right after the Toronto press conference. Yesterday was in Los Angeles, today was Toronto. Tomorrow, I believe, or very soon in the future is New York, and then they go to London, England, I believe. So just so you guys have kind of a time frame on when we're talking about this stuff, it's July the 12th, and the Toronto press conference has just ended. Uh, so go ahead, Vince. All right, so uh, right off the bat, um, I think I, I, I thought I had a good idea of what these promos mean, uh, how important they are to the promotion of the fight. Yes, I understand that. But when you're approaching these promos, how much of it is more like a wrestling promo than an actual press conference? All I got from the L.A. press conference promo was um, basically a presser for WWE. It was all 100%. It seemed, it seemed a little fake to me. I, couldn't, I didn't think either guy was 100% into it. It looked like they had both written scripts for it. How much of these things are off the cuff and how much are planned? So that's, that's a really interesting question. So with... Uh with that, the best answer I can give you is there's no way to really know, but there are there are clearly, in my opinion, bullet points or little things that they have worked out because there is there is definitely an element of like the WWE and what they're doing, especially today. Of like in today's press conference, for instance, at one point Floyd Mayweather put an Irish flag around his his body. And at the same time, Connor grabbed a bag that a backpack that Floyd had brought to the stage, which eventually ensued and the two of them going back and forth and Floyd basically I'll just preface this by saying Floyd in my opinion has been getting like completely owned in these scenarios like he's so fish out of the water which is very unusual that usually isn't the case with Floyd it's usually the opposite but Connor is just verbally destroying him right now and the crowd has been so pro Connor that I think that some of what Floyd is doing and some of what they've kind of worked out at this point is he's taking like in in wrestling terms he's taking the heel role because the the fans have just are just loving connor so much that floyd is now kind of taking the the bad guy the villain role in in how he's presenting himself in these press conferences so i can't tell you how much how much of it is quote-unquote real versus scripted but the outcome so far has been connor being beloved by the fans and and floyd really really being booed and hated right now well, I think that no matter what, no matter how we approach the, the fight, the planning, the press conference, I think that Fort Mayweather would have went in as the villain either way. Like, I feel like there was no setup for this. Fort Mayweather is probably, uh, you can correct me on this, I think he may be one of the most hated boxers uh, in the game's history. Yeah. Like, I'm not even sure if he's at, like, I think he may be at like Sonny Liston level hate. People can't stand this guy, but he's flashy, and you know people people don't like his flash. They don't believe that his uh, fights are real or authentic. They think that he's a cheater for some of the fights he had, and some just generally think that the way that he picks his fights uh, are set up in a way where he always wins, and the game is always rigged against his opponents. So I can see how he would be seen as the bad guy, but the silence, isn't part of the silence him just saying, look, I'm getting a lot of money for this fight either way. Um, and, and I mean, if you've been watching the news stories, he's got taxes to pay. So yeah. maybe he's just sitting back and relaxing and allowing this thing to happen 
once he's in a boxing ring, he'll be so lost, I will tear him apart. Dude, I, I can very much see that being the case for a lot of different reasons. Uh, one would be, you know, Floyd Mayweather, I, I I have met him in person. I've met him actually twice, and he, you know, that's that's beside the point, but I can tell you firsthand how he comes across just, like, as a person in public, and he's not a very uh, likable guy, even outside of boxing. I The experience I had him with him was not a positive one. I would say, and that doesn't bias my my pick or predictions or anything in the fight. I I think I think he's arguably the best boxer in, in history. I think he's unquestionably the best defensive boxer in history. I mean, I'm going to give him credit where it's due, but he's what he lacks in in book smarts and in social skills. He more than makes up for as a promoter. Like he understands fight promotion better than anybody I've ever seen, and and he takes book he takes like the book right from. Right from the WWE, he's—I mean—he's worked with the WWE. He wrestled against the Big Show at WrestleMania one year. He's very Trip, Triple H walks him out to the to the ring when he boxes sometimes. I mean, he's very much involved in the, in the world of pro wrestling as well as Conor McGregor. These these are two guys that know what they're doing to sell a fight, and I could I could absolutely see it being that way where Floyd's like, you know what, I'm going to make this guy look like a million bucks on the stage because. At the end of the day, who really cares what people think about me? Because they're going to tune in, and then I'll just I'll work them in the in the boxing ring. And that'll be it, and I'll get my money. And I could definitely see it being that way. And what's so interesting about you know he he owes all this money in back taxes. So what if it just an added element into this fight is just the fact of like it's it's almost like like he, if he didn't take this fight, he'd probably be going to jail because he he owes so much money that he doesn't have. And they're, they've given the government has given him enough time to fight Connor, so he can make the money that he owes the government. So regardless of what he says, like on stage, like he's he's gonna be fighting an uphill losing battle because literally he can say whatever he wants about being forty nine and zero, being the best boxer ever, being Floyd Money Mayweather, blah blah blah. It all gets nullified the second that Connor goes, "You're broke. You have no money. Like what are you talking about? Whatever money you say you have, you owe to the government." Like so, so like there, his whole gimmick of being a, a money guy is really, I mean, just that. It's just a gimmick. He has no money right now, so the the whole thing is just it's it's very bizarre. Because I'll tell you, and this is a little bit off, and you might you might be getting to this, and I don't want to jump the gun. But what's the most interesting thing to me about these press conferences is all Floyd's accomplishments aside. I mean, like I said, I gave him credit where it's due. He's probably the best boxer ever and definitely the best defensive boxer ever. 49-0. He's boxing a guy who's 0-0, zero zero, which is completely insane, like when you really think about that. But he's never boxed somebody who can stand right in his face in front of a crowd of thousands of people, which has been happening at these press conferences, with a live microphone who's telling him to his face, I dare you to fight me right here, right now, because I will murder you. He, like, if you really wanted to fight me, we'd be doing this in the UFC. You want me to come into your world with protected rules, with bigger gloves, with everything being negotiated, with all these little knickknacks thing here, here and there, little little trinkets of of all these things in the contract to where like you've made this a very much. On, on the side of Floyd Mayweather, he's getting a lot in this agreement that takes a lot of tools and things away from Conor McGregor as a fighter. So, but Conor can sit there right in his face and say, hey, listen, man, you can talk all the shit you want, but if you want to fight me for real, I will kill you. And there's, and there's nothing that Floyd can say back to it, which is, we've never seen that before with Floyd. But, I mean, knowing that information, I guess it makes Yeah. 
He's 40, so, sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so it, it's really surprising me that, um, that one, that Floyd took the fight in the first place, uh, but, I mean, look at his finances. The man has got to make some money. He's got to put something in the books. He's basically fighting for his life here. Um, and then, and then when you look at Conor McGregor and the fact that he has nothing to lose, do you wonder how much of this fight is going to be for real at the end? Is, is Conor McGregor going to say, hey, you know, I win this fight, who cares? I lose this fight, who cares? Um, I'm still going to look like the man who touched, uh, the man who touched Floyd Mayweather in a way that no one else did. Uh, I mean, so it seems like Yeah, 100%. He, he has nothing to lose in this scenario. Uh, you know, best case scenario, he beats the best boxer of all time. Worst case scenario, he gets beaten by the best, best boxer of all time going into the fight with a 0-0 zero and zero record. I mean, like, there's there's no... I mean, either way, he can come back to the UFC if he wants to, and he's, he's currently the lightweight champion of the world in the UFC. Technically, he, he, would, he gave up his featherweight belt, but he was a, a dual division champion going into this. So... I mean, his stock is very much still even. It's going to be bigger than it was before he went into the world of boxing, coming out of this. So it's going to be very. I mean, it's it's all win win for Connor. And the thing, you know, you, you kind of alluded and met and mentioned it uh, a minute ago about you know, kind of the criticism Floyd has taken for some of his opponents throughout the past and like being very picking and choosing of of who he fights and when. And this is a perfect example because. You mentioned it also, you know, he, he needs to, he's fighting for his life right now. He's fighting to stay out of jail because of the situation he's in financially. What better person to choose than a guy who's never boxed professionally before? Like, like, and, and, to, and to make the most money in history on pay-per-view doing it. And, and he's, he's done this in the past many times. Like, he fought a lot, most of the guys, and this once again is not to discredit Floyd Mayweather, he's phenomenal, but the guys that he's fought, a lot of them, were coming out of their prime. Like he made sure to he made sure to sign that contract after these guys were on the downhill slope, or he fights them before they fit their their prime. Like someone like Canelo, who is now a serious threat for somebody like Floyd, but you know not in the conversation because of where Floyd's at in his career and what he's doing right now. So it's he's he's very very smart about how he's played this whole game in the boxing world. His forty nine and zero is is the most incredible record probably in, in all of sports. But he's been so protected in, in what in what he's done, and and what people don't don't seem to like really grasp is Conor McGregor. So they're going to be wearing ten ounce gloves in this fight. Conor McGregor spars on a regular basis in six ounce gloves, like fighting people in a gym every day in six ounce gloves. So he's he's used to this kind of stuff with even smaller gloves. And when he's fighting people for real in the UFC, he's using four ounce gloves and. You know, you say what you will about the punching power might, you know, diminishing because of the bigger gloves and stuff like that, but Connor hits hard as a motherfucker. Like, a 10-ounce glove is still going to put you out if a 4-ounce glove does with how he hits people and where he hits people. Now, is he going to hit Floyd? That's, like, that's the big question, right? If Manny Pacquiao couldn't do it, how could Connor McGregor? And that's, that's a very, very valid point. Like, I don't – there's a very good chance Connor can't get to Floyd. But if he does, he Connor or sorry Floyd rather has not fought anybody, it is, at least in recent memory, with the kind of the kind of knockout power that Connor has. I mean, I'd be willing to relinquish that uh, Floyd Mayweather had to have lost something, right? Like he, he has he been out of the the fight game for a couple of years, and he's an aging man. I mean, you know, as they say, time the father time is undefeated. So maybe if 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 Conor McGregor gets his hands on him, I think that he can put Floyd Mayweather in some trouble. But after looking at you know you know kind of Instagrams and passing around these videos of Conor McGregor training, sure. he looks a little slow to me. His his punches, he he just doesn't look like. brings in from the UFC game that can 
not lose anything because it seems like uh, from a game uh, like UFC where you kind of, you know, you're, you're waiting for the right moment, you're waiting for the right punch. I don't, don't, I don't know if he'll ever get the right punch on Floyd because Floyd is so quick. Yeah, and that's, that's totally possible. It's totally possible. You know, they're... The, I, and that's a really good question to ask. Like, what, what does Connor bring to the table that is going to even be a problem for Floyd? And, and that's really, that's really the unknown with this whole with this whole matchup. Because in the UFC, you know, for obvious reasons, the stance is much different because you have to account for kicking, you have to account for takedowns, you have to account for throws, a lot of stuff, grappling. I mean, there's so many things involved. Connor is not a traditional boxer. He is more so a traditional kickboxer who is well rounded. In, in all aspects of MMA to you know to an extent, I, I don't think there's any any chance in hell that Connor gets to a point where he's even remotely as quick or agile in a boxing ring as Floyd Mayweather is. Like I I, I don't I think for every time that that Connor swings at Floyd, Floyd's gonna be able to swing at him three or four times and get out of there. And so, but here's the thing: is is just. I mean, if, if you're asking me who I think is going to win the fight, I mean, smart money has to be on Floyd. I mean, for the, for obvious reasons. But Connor has just, it's like the X factor that you see in pro wrestling and stuff, or even in the UFC. Like, he's just, he, it's not just the fact that he has a lot of, uh, all this heart, or the fact that he has all this skill. It's, he really, really believes in, in himself. And, and I know that that doesn't sound like much, because wouldn't anybody who's, who's a professional athlete, but... This guy, from the second he came into the UFC, he's been calling his shot. Like he, before he was anybody, he was saying, you know, I'm gonna go in there, I'm gonna beat this guy within two rounds with this move, and then he'd just go do it. And like he was doing it over and over and over again. And just the the way that this guy views the fight game, and the way that he he visualizes things, and the way that he executes, and it's that that's what I think is the most important factor in Conor McGregor's game is. Is is Floyd with with boxing especially? I mean, this happens in all sports. It happens in combat sports especially, but especially in boxing. Half of the battle is this promotion stuff beforehand and trying to get in your opponent's head. And right now, Floyd is getting destroyed by Conor verbally in front of large crowds of people, and it's making it's it's almost making it uncomfortable to where like I almost feel bad for Floyd because of how bad he's getting roasted up there. And th- that that's really what I, I mean. Let me. This is a good example. Um, Conor McGregor fought Jose Aldo for the the UFC featherweight title a couple years ago. Jose Aldo hadn't lost a fight in over ten years, and he was the the only champion at that weight class in the in the division's history. Conor McGregor went in there and knocked him out in thirteen seconds. And you know, it's just it's like those kind of things. And and the reason he was able to do it is because he had fucked with Jose Aldo's head so badly in like the year build up to that fight that Jose Aldo out of pure emotion just bull rushed him threw his game plan out the window bull rushed him Connor took a back step and punched him in the face and that was it and so you know that that's what I think is really the most important factor as far as Connor's game is going to be concerned is getting into Floyd's head really badly before the fight even happens and throwing him off his game Wow, and I mean, I, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. I just don't know how easy it would be to get Floyd off of his game. Uh, and also, I mean, that's why I can't really, uh, I can't really argue with you on who's going to win this fight. I, I, there's no way that I put my money, uh, I put my money anywhere else but Floyd. Sure. But what I want to be able to find is, if you're in Vegas and you're looking for any single reason, any single reason to put your money on Conor McGregor, what would that reason be? Yeah, well, and not, not only just that it, before the fight, but during the fight. That's something that he's Floyd's gonna be dealing with something he's never dealt with before. He's gonna be dealing with somebody who's talking shit to him during the fight. Like Connor's gonna be in his face. See, and here's the difference between the two fighters. Connor McGregor is an aggressive, proactive fighter trying to finish fights from the second the fight starts to the time the fight ends. There's no coasting. There's no pitter patter. It's trying to win. And Floyd's whole game is defense. It's it's he holds one hand up over his head and he covers pretty much his entire face with one glove. He holds the other hand kind of kind of out to to jab with, and he waits for his opponents to come to him. 
the problem with that in comparison to someone like Connor is those guys, you know, they have so much respect for Floyd and they're just they're just happy to be in there. They're trying to win, but like Connor's gonna be in his face saying, I'm gonna murder you, motherfucker. Come at me. You pussy, come at me. This and he's gonna be yelling in his face, throwing punches at his face, and he, here's the thing. I mean, I, you just mentioned it and so did I. You you can't you can't say that Conor McGregor is the favorite in this fight. Like that's very far from that. Floyd Mayweather is for sure, for sure the favorite in this fight, undoubtedly. But it's those kind of factors. But if you're talking like physically speaking, the biggest factor for Conor is going to be his left hand. That's going to be the really the the big thing to look out for. If he can connect flush with that, he could potentially put uh, Floyd in some trouble. Yeah. 
the only time is going to tell on that one, but I could see I could see either scenario happening. I could see the UFC getting even bigger because of the crossover fan base, but I could also see the UFC uh, sinking a little bit uh, during this time as well. What about that idea of the the Pandora's box, where if when this fight happens, other MMA fighters are going to try to get into the boxing game? Does it hurt UFC in that way? Do you think that everyone who is in MMA is dedicated pretty much 100%? That's another great question. So, like, I, you know, yeah, the answer, the short answer is yes. There are going to be more boxer or more more MMA fighters going into straight boxing. Uh, it actually was just announced earlier today that Michael Venom Page from Bellator is going to – he just got his boxing license and he's planning to box – um, so, I mean, there that's going to be happening more and more, and and we've seen it happen in the past. Like this isn't the first time something like this has happened. This is just the first time something this massive with these kind of names with this kind of prestige has, has happened. But but what I think, I don't know if Pandora's box is like, I don't know if that's supposed to be more of like a negative or positive kind of way of looking at it. I, I would say like, you, you know, you just have to keep in mind. Boxing is one aspect of mixed martial arts. So anybody who's a mixed martial artist has some sort of boxing experience. Now, to become a high-level boxer, like someone like Floyd or Triple G or like Canelo or Pacquiao or any, uh, Timothy Bradley, any of these kind of guys, you have to be 100% dedicated to just the sport of boxing, which is one aspect of MMA. If you want to be an MMA fighter, you have to know you, have, you got to know boxing because every fight starts standing. So you have to have a stand-up skill. But there's so many other factors that you can't dedicate all your time to just that. So what also makes it interesting, another, another aspect of this, is because they are separate sports, even though there are elements that are similar in each, the boxing and MMA are two different sports, which require two different licenses and two different commissions and all this. It's all different. It's all separate. And the Ali Act, which is, which is in boxing, which allows basically – the independent contractor being the fighter to fight for whatever promotion he wants to without being locked down to one promotion um, contractually. There, there's there's a lot of MMA guys who could go into pro boxing right now if they wanted to. The the risk reward though is what you'd have to really consider because you know Connor's going to go over and make a ton of money. He's going to make like I said like a hundred million just to show up, and he'll get a lot more than that on the back end of it. But that's one very particular fight in one very particular circumstance. You know, most of these, most low to mid-level professional boxers are making less money than low to mid-level UFC fighters are. But when you get to the top of the card and you look at how the, the money gets distributed after the fights, in the world of boxing, someone like Floyd Mayweather takes the lion's share of the profits that, that everything brings in, the pay-per-view, the, the live gate, ticket sales, merchandise, everything. Whereas in MMA, it's it's much different than the UFC. So so Conor might sell the same exact amount of pay-per-views as Floyd Mayweather does, one in the UFC, one in boxing. But in the UFC, the company is going to take a gigantic share of that. Like Conor's going to get like $10 million of it, and the UFC is going to get like $100 million of it. Whereas in boxing, you know, it's the opposite. So, you know, that that's that's what the risk reward is going to be like. You know, can you get a big enough fight where you're going to get a big enough payday to make it worth your while to just dedicate to boxing and go over into that world and take that risk? Um, but if you can find a payday like a Floyd Mayweather type situation, uh, I, I would definitely imagine more people will do it. More
is a champion. I don't know how he's doing it, but he's doing it. Do you think Canelo is a threat? Yes, I do think Canelo is a threat. I I am not as I will also preface this by saying I'm not nearly as well versed in the world of boxing as I am in the world of MMA and professional wrestling, but I am versed enough in it to have a have a decent opinion. I, I would. I would say the reason it matters is because it's legitimately, you know, like the number one guy at that weight versus the number two guy at that weight. It's a good example of the ranking system and in the sport of boxing and like fighting for a real championship for a real reason versus the spectacle of something like Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather or a lot of what you get in the UFC nowadays, which is quote unquote super fights, where they just they just throw the rankings out the window and just match people up against whoever they think is going to sell the most pay per view. So I would say, I would say as far as as far as why does that fight matter, Triple G versus Canelo? I, I think it it uh, solidifies the integrity of the sport of boxing. Okay, and this is a question that I've been wanting to ask you since uh, the last podcast. I didn't quite get in because we always go off uh, on these subjects and I'm just kind of hitting uh, given, doing some quick hits here um, the WWE women's title um, I've noticed that the talent in the women's game has been growing over uh, I would say over the last couple of years uh, I think it actually started when AJ left okay. surprisingly everybody loved AJ I was even a fan of AJ I loved her finisher but it seems like when she left, the playing field was a little bit more level. You started seeing uh, women's wrestlers who were actually great challengers for each other. Um, do you think that what we have here, the class of female wrestlers we have here, are the class? Do you think we, we've reached the pinnacle of uh, female wrestling? Man, I love the uh, I love the women's wrestling questions. I don't I don't elaborate enough on on the women on my show. Uh, I talk about them pretty briefly, but I'm glad you asked me this. I don't think it's the pinnacle. I think it's the best we've seen up to this point as far as the the crop of women's wrestlers right now on Raw and SmackDown. They I don't know how close you're following currently, but they have a, a title on Raw as well as SmackDown with two separate rosters. So, oh, there's so a women's SmackDown and a men. There's a women's SmackDown and a women's Raw? Yes. Yeah. I did not know that. So I thought it was all one champion. No, it, it was up until around a year, year and a half ago when they, they redid the brand split and they maybe two years ago and they uh they split the rosters again. So on the raw side the champion is a, a girl named Alexa Bliss who I'm I'm very high on. I like her a lot. I think she has a really, really bright future in the company. She's very she's a very good heel on the SmackDown. I'm Alexa Bliss fan. You are? Okay, awesome. Um and then on the SmackDown side, the current champion is Naomi, who is very athletic. Very, very athletic. Uh physically gifted can do a lot of really cool stuff in the ring. Actually uses like a handful of Rob Van Dam's moves. If you remember, you know, his his skill set back in the day. Yeah. Um, RV, RVD with my jam back in the day. There you go. She does the split like a moonsault like he did, stuff like that. It's, it's so so it, and I would say, you know, like Charlotte Flair, I think is the best overall women's wrestler they have on either roster. Uh, Becky Lynch is very, very good. Nia Jax is is improving. She's I don't know if you've seen her, but she's like a big uh I don't know how to. She's related to like The Rock and Roman Reigns and all them. She's a Samoan and she's this. She's this big woman who just just a powerhouse. Who just she's pretty new to the business, but she's learning very quickly and she's already in that mix, kind of towards the top of the card. Uh, I mean, there's a. I can go on and on about a lot of these women, but the reason I say that that I don't think they've hit their peak yet is uh, I don't know if you've heard about this yet or not, but. This summer, starting pretty soon, I don't, I don't have the date um, on hand, but they're doing a May Young Classic uh, tournament on the network, which is going to be commentated by Jim Ross and Lita. And really? yes, and and that's actually pulling all the best female talent that's available from outside the WWE and doing like a King of the Ring style tournament over the course of like one or two nights. I think is what they're doing, and. And that's going to bring in, I don't know how many people are in it. I don't, I don't know if it's like a 32-woman or like a 16-woman or, or how they're doing it. But it's going to bring in a whole lot of really good talent from all across the world that will be, you know, 
throughout time, I'm sure the majority of those women will be plugged into the, the quote-unquote main roster or the NXT roster as well with the WWE. So we're going to be getting an influx of even even more really good women's talent very soon. telling people before we came on today uh someone was asking me hey who are you having on the podcast today and i was telling them you know buddy of mine from back in college he's been on a few times and i was like these are some of my favorite ones to do because it's so much easier for me and i'm not complaining about getting to to interview the people i get to interview but it's so much easier for me to answer questions than to be the interviewer myself so i love doing these sometimes just because I'm like this seems like a good guy let's hear what his opinion on something is you know so like there's so many ways you can go with this but Vince I don't want to forget though um I, I know you're not like a big social media guy nowadays but is there anything you want the people to know about what you're doing I know you got the kid on the way I know there's a lot of stuff going on but is there anything that you want people to know about like where they can find you that kind of stuff before we get out of here Uh, 
Well, Vince, hey, thanks again for your time today. We'll definitely do this again soon. Uh, I'm nearing episode 100, believe it or not. So, wow. so uh, you know, you've been with us since the start. I mean, you were one of the first interviews we had on here. And this will be episode, I don't know yet, probably 91, 92, 93, something like that. So you've been along for the ride with us, and I'd be happy to have you back whenever, man. Absolutely. That means we have just a few more episodes until that uh, Fight Talk 100 episode spectacular featuring uh, wrestlers like Hulk Hogan and Floyd Mayweather post-fight. Yeah, man. I'm planning on getting both McGregor and Mayweather on the show, so definitely stay tuned for what's next for Fight Talk. Uh, Vince, I'll let you go, man. Hey, thanks again, bud. Thanks, man. Wrap it up. Have a good one. Thanks. You too. All right, everyone, and that was Vince Vega Garrett. Love that guy. Uh, thanks again, Vince, for coming on the show. Uh, make sure to follow him and everything he's doing. He's a great guy, real good people. i uh, known him for a long time, back back to our college days and college radio at 91.9 The Buzz, WVGS in Statesboro, Georgia. Shout out to Georgia Southern University. And that's been Fight Talk, everyone. I really enjoyed that. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Fight Talk underscore. Once again, that's at F-I-G-H-T. T-A-L-K underscore. I can be found on Facebook. I got a group at Fight Talk Podcast, all one word. Or just type in Fight Talk in the search bar. should come up pretty fast. Please follow me on Podomatic. Please subscribe on Google Play as well as iTunes. If you're subscribed on iTunes, please rate and comment on the podcast. It helps the podcast out a lot. It really does. I know I say it all the time, but it is the truth. Just pop on a five-star rating and put any comment you want. But just don't be mean. But you can if you want, if you're helping out. If you want some merchandise, check out whatamaneuver.net. That is whatamaneuver.net. Got t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, everything you can think of. If there's a color you want but you don't see, just let me know. If there's a design you want but you don't see or anything like that, a size, anything, just let me know. Got stuff for men, women, kids, tweens, teens, whatever. Hey, whoever you identify as, man or woman or whatever, I assure you that I am here and I'm happy, very happy to help set you up with some Fight Talk Podcast merchandise. Just let me know what you want. And if you don't need me directly for it, just go on whatamaneuver.net. Either way, we will hook you up, I promise. So special thanks once again to my sponsors, WrestleRumble.com, Heroes and Legends, Brian Jensen at Delgado Boxing, and Williamson Brothers Barbecue. Thank you very much for listening, and I will be back soon. Hey, motherfucking Mark-ass motherfucking Mark! Listen to Fight Talk on iTunes with maximum effect. That's